It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you're dead. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Pride. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hope everyone's having a great day. John Schmelk, Jeff Fiegel's with you. The phone number is 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with us that way, you certainly can. Mr. Fiegels, good morning, sir. How are you? Or good afternoon, whatever it is. Eh, It's afternoon. That's okay. Hey, we're all crazy. We're getting ready for a real football game. We saw one last night, but we got a real one Sunday for something, and I am excited. Let's go. I love our Fridays when we're able to break down some stuff. So how are you doing, Johnny? I'm doing fantastic, and and let's get cooking, Jeff. First of all, if – this game last night is a sign of things to come for, for week one. I think we're all going to be pretty happy, right? <laughs> well, if it's a <laughs> – yeah, I'm telling you, if, if Dak Prescott's going to win a lot of games this year if he plays like he did last night. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's good matchups, and um, what a what a way to start off the season. I didn't make it through to the end of the game. You didn't make uh, it? Nope, nope, that's not going to happen. Uh, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an early riser, early to bed guy, and as much as I was fighting it, I was actually watching it with my kids at are home. And uh, they were throwing pillows at me. I was falling asleep. <laughs> so it was a good game. I, I, you know, it's easy. You just go right right as in the morning. I wake up, go right to Twitter, and I can read about the game. So <laughs> I'm glad I'm not, uh, you know, a kicker today. Uh, I, I know that that's, ooh, man. I mean, Zerline made the kick at the end, though, right? Yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, Greg the leg. But there's uh, – By the way, it's Legatron, I believe, technically, right? Is that true? Um, I believe it's Legatron, right? Isn't he's got a, dump, a couple of different names, you know, Greg the Leg, you know, whatever. So, um, but yeah, what a great game. Really, really. It, it's just, I mean, uh, Tom Brady, as much as everyone may dislike him, which I do, um, you cannot discount what he's, what he's all about. No, it's I mean, look, I, everyone knew he was going to go back and win Jeez. the game. I mean, I mean everyone knew it was going to. And by the way, people are like, I can't believe the Cowboys gave him that much time. It was like fourth and ten. What, you, what did you want them to do? Like, just somehow wind the clock using their, like, magic powers? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't quite understand. It's not like the Cowboys wanted to give him back the ball with a minute to go. They kind of had to, unless they wanted to go for it on a fourth and what was it? Fourth and eight, fourth and ten, something like that in that final yeah. play. Which I don't. I think you have to kick that. I know. I know all the analytics guys are like, "Oh, just go for it there, right?" No, 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 you don't. And if they call that offensive pass interference they did in the game, which I thought it was, by the way, then maybe they win the game well, anyway. So we've we've all seen pass interference called for worse and for less. So yeah. th- that could have went either way. No question. Um, but it's it's so funny because all these games, you know, they, they sometimes they just come down to these. Single plays, and we talk about this all the time, John. And 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 as far as football goes, you know, it's just a handful of plays in a game. That's that's really what it is. And the team that makes most of those big plays or gets the benefit of the doubt for this play or that, they win the game. And that's that's what it comes down to. So that's why evenly matched this NFL really is. It just comes down to you know making plays. Yeah, that's what this the game that we got on Sunday is going to be all about too. And despite being a uh, a plus three, Dallas still loses, which which does not bode well for them. And generally speaking, wow. Now, now again, one of those turnovers, you know, was at the end of the half and didn't really impact anything. Yeah. But nevertheless, significant. Anyway, I don't want to spend all this time on yesterday's game, Jeff. Let's talk about the game that's upcoming for your New York Football Giants mm-hmm. here, taking on the Denver Broncos at MetLife Stadium, four twenty-five start uh, on Fox. So it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a real competitive game. And, and for me, and I'll just go right into what I think the key is here for the Giants' okay. offense because. Yeah. The Broncos' defense is really good. We yeah. talk about their edge rushers. We talk about their secondary guys. You do not want to be in pass situations and third and longs against this Bronco defense. And I think even you saw it in the game last night on those third and longs, you saw the Bucks with JPP standing over the center. They're doing mm-hmm. all these stand-up blitzes. You do not want to be in those situations against Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and that Broncos secondary on Sunday. So as much as I've preached, Jeff, you know, maybe pass a little bit more on early downs. Don't mm-hmm. be so predictable with the run and all that stuff. I think, much like Dallas last night, they decided, look, we think the strength of the Bucks' defense is their front. 
so we're going to throw the ball. Well, I think the strength of the Broncos' defense is their pass rush and their secondary, so I think you do need to run the football well against the Broncos on Sunday because I think it's attacking their weakness. They were a bottom Mm -hmm. five or six defense in pretty much every rushing category last year, first rushing, first down rushing, second down rushing, giving up big plays, 20-plus yard plays in the rush game. The Giants' strength as an offensive line to me is run blocking, so I think you got to run the ball, stay out of third and longs, get some chunk plays in the run game, and I think, given the fact that the Broncos' offense with Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think they're super-duper explosive in terms of you know the quarterback combined with the weapons. I think it's a game where you can really try to control things with the run game, score points with the run game, make some big chunk plays with Saquon Barkley, and then they go from there. Yeah, so when, I, when I'm breaking down, you said a lot of the things that I agree with you. When I'm breaking down this defense from top to bottom, I try to find the weakness. You went over a lot of it. I believe that the weakness on this team, and when I mean weakness, this isn't, I'm not saying that this is a bad football team, a bad defense. Where is the weak link? Well, I think it's, I think it's their down linemen, and I think it's their middle linebackers. So to me, uh, that is where the opportunity exists for the Giants to match up and run the football, like you said. I don't think you want to get into a spitting match with the you know your wide receivers on their defensive backs um i feel like their pass rush you're gonna need to help the tackles to on sunday um and we'll see where how the the you know having saquon come back in the lineup is going to help this offense but get into some manageable third downs and and have some really have some good production on first and second downs you'd be and and take care of the football um i think that you know the broncos their defense just like the giants they toughen up when you get in that red zone. They're the, both these two teams are the tops in the National Football League in red zone scoring. So uh, there's, you know, you're going to have a, a tough, tough climbing for both teams when you get inside that red zone to score points. But you want to come out of there with points, that's for sure. Um, but you, when you look at the the back end of that defense, what those guys did, uh, they drafted a bunch of, you know, they drafted Patrick Sertain. Um, they went out and got Ronald Darby, Kyle Fuller, uh, Mike Ford, Kyle Fuller. So they really have uh, have buttoned up their defensive backfield, and then not to mention their, you know, these guys that can get after the the quarterback. That's for sure. Malik Reed, um, you know, he's he was un, he's an undrafted guy, under the he, radar guy. Yep, unbelievable too. But then uh, Bradley Chubb, we'll see if he's going to play. Um, we don't actually know that yet. Von Miller making his return, um, you know, after missing the whole season last year. So. Lots and lots of energy around the edges of that uh, offensive line. Just going to have to see how they hold up. Yeah, and Jeff, I'll just say this too. That doesn't mean that if you want to run the football and you have to run the football, that that you just run it on every first down. Because the way you can neutralize that pass rush is by running play action on early downs, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe doing a max protect here or there. And the key is to not get into situations where the Broncos know you're passing because you have to pass. You can still pass on early downs with some play action and things like that, some misdirection, boots, things of that nature, but you don't want to get in those, all right, they know we're passing, we know they know we're passing, and now we got to protect, and we have to get open one-on-one in a disadvantageous situation. Mm -hmm. You still want to create advantageous passing situations on early downs, but you want to avoid those disadvantageous passing situations on third down. So that's kind of the way I look at that. And and that's a good segue, by the way, in terms of running the football. Joe Judge did talk today. Characteristically, he did not commit to anybody playing or not playing from that slew of guys that have been limited all week. And for the fans that haven't seen it, Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Toney, Kyle Rudolph, Kenny Galladay, Andrew Thomas, and then a bunch of other guys too. I can go through the list later. But he would not commit to anyone playing or not. He did say one thing that I thought was interesting, and I don't have the transcript yet where I can read you the quote, but he was asked about the pitch count and limiting the number of touches or snaps that Saquon Barkley might get, and his answer, if I heard him right, was basically, look, I'm going to tell a guy, you're either healthy enough to play or you're healthy enough not to play. What do I do? What, what am I doing to the guy if I tell him, well, I think you're healthy enough for 12 carries, but you're not healthy enough for 17 carries, right? <laughs> what does that mean? And maybe, Jeff, you can speak to that as a player, right? So just the way Judge, he didn't say this, but the way he talked about it today, and I'm happy that Tino's not here because he'd probably either have a coronary or, or chase me off the show. <laughs> if Saquon's active here, Jeff, I don't know how much of a – pitch count and load management situation there's going to be 
I'm not telling you he's going to get 30 touches, but yeah, would it we surprise don't me if he got 20? It wouldn't. The way Joe Judd spoke today, if Saquon's playing, that means he's playing. They're not going to baby him. If he's healthy enough to be out there, he's going to be out there. Yeah. And and he's passed, you know, he's checking boxes as we go towards Sunday. You know, and that's what Joe Judge was saying two weeks ago. Listen, guys, I'm not going to have any report on Saquon until up and leading up until the game week. And he said well, that today, by the way. He has one more test to pass today, getting through practice, and <laughs> then getting go. checked by the doctor. So yeah. that that's literally the last step in the process. That's I, it. Sorry, because Jake, tomorrow, No, that's okay, because tomorrow is a walkthrough. There's nothing. Today is the day. And, and you know, depending on the teams, uh, Fridays are usually can be a pretty good up-tempo practice. So, you know, they're not going to be in pads, um, but it, they'll go out there, and there'll be a lot of up-tempo. So he's going to check that last box. And then, by the way, he'll probably meet with the doctors after practice. A lot of the players do on Fridays. And then next thing you know, boom, you get your little departing gift. Congratulations. It's like when you graduate kindergarten. You know, hey, here's your little candy, and here's your, your gift certificate, whatever it is. Not gift certificate, but, you know, congratulations. That's what is Saquon. Now, when he gets into the game, uh, I don't know. Remember this. Joe Judge is a guy who you're not playing unless you're 100%. If you're 100%, then you can play. So we'll see what happens. But I do think that, um, you know, you're going to see a little bit of a rotational. I think there's some rotation at that running back position. Um, and, you know, you don't want to have Saquon going out there. He's got to get in some game shape here. You know, some of these other guys have been able to play some That's games. Good point. But, good point. Um, so, but don't don't be surprised if it's a lot, and don't be surprised if it's not a lot. I think we're just – everything's up in the air. But from all things pointing, it's, he's going to play. You know, it looks that way. Jeff, you've been, be and I've been talking about how they're going to ha- manage all these guys this week on the shows. You haven't. So mm-hmm. how do you think they're going to you know, work Galladay, work Tony, work Rudolph, and, and just well, kind of utilize all those guys? Because really, they're kind of all on the field together for the they first are. time period. Because Rudolph hasn't done anything until two well, weeks ago, and then Tony and Galladay are out. So we really yeah. haven't seen this group together at all in practice. Well, let's start with, <laughs> let's start with the least available position which would be at the tight end position. So I think, you know, Kyle Rudolph is, uh, he came out in, in his interview the other day, said, hey, I'll, I'll play 90 plays. I'll play 60 plays. Whatever you want me to play, I'll do it. And well, by the way, Joe Judge would not yet rule out Evan Ingram either today. Just FYI. Sure. Yeah, and I mean. But I think he's unlikely. I think he's unlikely too. And, and we only go off of what we read and on these reports that the, the teams put out at the end of the day. So, um, you know, maybe something changes today. But for, for all I know, I, I'm counting that Evan Ingram is not going to be there. So to answer your question uh, with Kyle Rudolph, I think it's I think it's one of these things where, Kyle, how you doing? Oh, man, dude, <laughs> I am winded. Okay, good. All right. You know, whoever – and I have a feeling that one of the tight ends is coming up from the practice squad. That's just – I have a feeling it's, it's really tough to go in with two tight ends. Um, so maybe there's somebody that comes up from the practice squad. The wide receiver position, a little easier, right, John? There's a little more depth there. So, I mean, Galladay is a guy that's been on the sideline, been training, but again, he has not been in any games. He's a veteran, but I don't care how veteran you are or not veteran. You're still game shape. It takes a little while because things are going, and you're going full speed, and you run out of gas a little bit quicker. So I think you can replace Kevin Galladay a little bit easier. So um, that's going to be – that'll be fine. Um, let's see. What else can I think? Oh, so who was the other position? You Galladay and Tony were the other two major guys. Tony's a guy that I think this is ultimately is going to be just, Hey, these are your plays. Um, these are what you're going to do. Uh, I actually said Kevin Galladay. I meant Kenny. Oh, um, I didn't even catch that. Okay. I did. I caught myself. Um, but I think that with Kadaris, he's going to like McGay. He said the other day, he's earning our trust. Okay, well that that tell me that tells me that we'll put you in a little bit here and there, but you're not going to be the guy on Sunday. We might have some offensive plays. Um, so slowly but surely, John, I feel like. And the other thing is, is that I mentioned this the other day is this quick turnaround for Thursday. Okay, so I think you want to you want to win the game, obviously, but you got to be careful with some of these guys. So I think where there's more depth at those positions, those other guys will have a little bit easier of a time. Um, and same thing with the running back position with Saquon. I mean, Booker's going to get some carries. You know that. So, um, you know, with Eli Penny, maybe a couple here and there just to, to spell a little bit of rest for Saquon. But I'm excited. I mean, listen, if I'm Daniel Jones, I've got – and all my guys are there. With all things pointing towards they're going to be there, right? Um, man, I'm, I'm excited about the game plan. I'm excited about getting the football out of my hands and getting into these playmakers' uh, hands and making plays. I just got to be smart with the football. That's the big thing. All right, Jeff, before we get to the calls, 
Why yep. don't we switch gears now? We talked about the Giants' offense. Yeah. Let's switch gears to the Giants' defense here. And to me, I think Denver, and look, we know the type of offense Pat Shermer runs. He ran it while he was here, so there shouldn't be any surprises. Mm -hmm. It's not a ton of down-the-field stuff, but he tries to get the ball to guys on the move to make plays after the catch. He'll send the tight end down the seam. He'll send guys on crossers, you know, things of that nature that you usually see from a, a West Coast-style offense. Though Shermer has kind of joined some of the turn North Turner stuff with the West Coast stuff. But to me, this is a deal where they're going to trust their defense to win the game. They're going to try to run the football well. They're going to have Teddy Bridgewater, and I, I used this metaphor with David Deal the other day. They just want him to be the point guard. They want him to be that guy yeah, that's yeah. going to distribute to a slew of very talented playmakers, get the ball in their hands, let those guys make plays with the football. They'll take a few shots down the field here or there off a of play action, or you know, if the Giants have a blown coverage or something like that, they'll take some shots down the field. But he's not going to force things down the field. Generally, he's not a guy that throws it down the field a ton. He's more of a short and intermediate type of thrower of the football. So that's how I think it's going to go. And I think the Giants have to be disciplined, right? They have to stop the run well. They have to stay in their rush lanes. Uh, stay in their rush, rush lanes as in rushing, not as in pass rushing, as in stopping the run in their run lanes. And I think defensively in the secondary, they just have to keep these big play Bronco receivers in front of them because – Cortland Sutton with the size, Jerry Judy with his route running, K.J. Hamler with the speed, Tim Patrick with his size. Those guys are big plays waiting to happen. They're just that talented. Noah Fant down the seam. Big plays waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. Make the Broncos sustain these long drives and hope you can force them into some mistakes along the way and force some turnovers and, you know, get them into third and long, and then you can unleash your stuff. And Patrick Graham can be creative and send blitzes and do, and do things like that. So I think... Both teams' offensive strategies are honestly probably going to be pretty similar. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's going to go a different way? No, because you know what? I, we saw so much of Pat Shermer's offense, we kind of know how it's going to go, right? So I think that the— Rub routes, all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, nothing crazy. And you know how much he emphasizes, like every coach, is just ball control and, and security. So, you know, when I look at this Broncos offense— the, the key matchup is their wide receivers against the Giants defensive back. That, to me, is, is where it's all going to match up. Um, I got to look at Adoree Jackson, how healthy he's going to be. Because you know that the Giants, why they brought him in, John, they want the team to play more defensively man coverage. So, I mean, is this going to work for him if he's healthy? And I imagine um, he's going to see Judy mostly and Bradbury will probably see Sutton mostly. That, that's, that's my guess. Uh, my other question is, is uh, Darnay Holmes in the slot. How's he going to hold up with yeah. this slew of wide receivers, which are really good? Um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, we can talk about him as much as we want. The fact of the matter is, is that I like that. He's, he's, he's kind of a, he's a game manager. I'm sure he's, he hates that term, right? But he's going to be a guy that's just going to control the tempo of the game. He's not going to make a lot of uh, mistakes. However, um, you know, he's very accurate. And, you know, it's going to be tough to get some, some picks on him. He won the job, basically, for everyone that's scoring at home. He won the job, basically, in the joint practices during uh, training camp because they were very close going into it, but something stood out in those joint practices. So that's why Teddy's behind center. Um, I think if there's one area to attack, John, with this offense for the Denver Broncos, it's the right tackle position, okay, because um, – Bobby Massey, who's a, a you know a veteran who was brought in here just to back up, he beat out the starter Calvin Anderson. So um, there, there's a little bit of a competition there. So to me, if you want to attack one part of this offense, it's that right side. All right, and we know about Cam Fleming. Maybe they can put him over there if the other two guys can't play, and then we really got a chance. So, um, but I think that you're right. I think that both these offenses are going to probably. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Um, I think that the game will probably not get out of the twenties, and um, I'm not sure it's going to get two twenty. I, I, I meant in my in my mind, I was saying that was saying to the low twenties, but yeah, um, because of what I said earlier about these two red zone defenses, they're very good. One and two in the league last year, and I just think that you know the Giants are at home. Uh, the crowd will be behind this team like you can't believe. You know what happens at a 4 o'clock game at Giant over there at MetLife. It's going to be rocking. Um, and I just feel like the Giants have a chance. And you're going to win all your games at home. That's one of the one of the goals that's up in the goal boards in the buildings, fellas, is the fact that win your games at home and split on the road. That's kind of the, the secret to success. So um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good game, good matchup all the way around. I think the kicking game is um, something to look at. I think that both teams have really good field goal kickers. 
Um, and both the punters are good. The returners are, I, 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 you know, Deontay Spencer is the, the kick returner. Um, he's good. He got to be able, you got to be able to wrap him up. Um, and it will be interesting to see who the Giants use as their returners, both in the kickoff and the punt return. And just two injuries for the Broncos to keep an eye on. Noah Fant has a knee, but he was a full participant in yesterday's practice, so I imagine he's going to be okay. And okay, Bradley Chubb is battling an ankle. He was limited yesterday. My bet is that he's going to probably be okay as well. You want to go for it, or do you want me to go for the backup I'm, tight end position? You ready? You, <laughs> you can try. I wasn't going to waste my time, but go ahead. Albert Okue Bonam. That could be Oka right. Bunam, right? Sure. Okue Bunam. I have not even looked up the pronunciation guide on it. I did. I, gotta I be looked it up this morning. Joke. Okay. Um, I'm glad I'm not doing the game like that. I have to pronounce that name all the time. Say but one I, more time for me. Albert Okue Bunam. Okue Bunam. Okue okay. Bunam. So the G's silent is what you're telling me. Um, let me look at – yeah, that's right. I have it. <laughs> I have it. The, the way that it's, that it's spelled out in my way is A-L-B-E-R-T for Albert. Well, I'm happy you yeah. could do Albert, Jeff. Okay, Congratulations. For, all right, yes. so thank you. Um, then it's O-H-O-H-K-O-O-W-A-Y-B-O-O-N-A-A-M. Okay. I'm sure fans are thrilled. Congratulations. Well, I, I don't, you know what? I'm thrilled that I was able to do that. Because you know that this is a longstanding problem with me is announcing some of these names. Well, and Jeff, just... I, I'm happy we could be a party to some of your personal growth Thank you. on Big Blue Thank Kickoff you very much, Live. folks. I appreciate that. Yeah, this show is just such a giving place. I love it. I well, love it. Well, just, <laughs> just hey, you wait until I can quickly, take shots at you for some later in the show. Yeah, what's up? Real quickly, the player to watch. Okay. I, I, I love this guy. You seem very I, enthusiastic about this. Oh, I, you know. I knew we wouldn't get the Giants wouldn't get him, but at the running back position, Javante Williams. Oh, I thought you were going to pick a Giant. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick a Denver Bronco that I feel like this guy is something else. I mean, I, I saw both those running backs in North Carolina last year because my son is an alum there. We had a lot of UNC games on and watched them together. He's special. He is really good. He was so. my favorite running back in the whole draft, Jeff. Man, to be honest is he with fun you. to watch. He breaks tackles. Oh he, my he, god. He, he he has a little Marshawn Lynch in him now. Just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a that's a bit. tough one. I don't know if they – I think that mold's been broke. <laughs> well, fair enough. My point is that he breaks a lot of tackles and he's a physical runner. But, yes, I, I, obviously that is a very tough comparison. Limited tickets are still available for the Giants home opener versus the Broncos on Sunday. Go to Giants.com slash single game tickets now to secure your seat. Ron in Pittsburgh will lead us off today. Ron, what's up? Hello, Ron. Hey, guys. How are you? We're great. Good. Good. Uh, just – I'm surprised that there's still tickets available for the game, huh? Is that normal this time of year or no? A lot of times tickets get kind of thrown back at the end of the week. Okay. Well, remember, we're still in a, um, we're still in a pandemic here. The people, a, a lot of too. people are just not really sure about the whole scenes. And, you know, so, but uh, hopefully, hey, listen, winning cures everything, including attendance. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, just a quick comment on Saquon Barkley. Was it Joe Judge said that you know if he's if he's going to play, he's one hundred percent. He's going to play the whole time. That's a little scary to me. Well, no, 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 no. He never no, said no, that. No, no, nope, he didn't nope, say nope. that. I was very clear that okay. he didn't say that. But my the way I read his comments is that he's just not huge on giving set pitch counts. Because what happens if you get to a point in the game where you have to win it? The guys at his pitch count. Then what do you do? Take him out. Yeah, that's true. Well, what happens if you're at that point of the game and Saquon's feeling a little tight, but he wants to go in and play and win because he thinks he's the best shot to win? You know what I mean? Well, well, I I think that's the point. That's why Judge doesn't like to put a pitch count on things because he doesn't want to get in that situation. Yeah, I think the pitch count thing is a media-driven statement, and I I don't think, like John's saying, he doesn't like the pitch count cliche. I, I, I think it's more, like I said earlier, Hey, Saquon, how you doing? I feel great. Okay, good. All right, you're looking good. Right. How you doing? <laughs> hey, how you doing? You know? <laughs> but, you know what I mean? So I, I think that and rather than say, hey, Joe Judge is like up to the booth, how many how many carries or touches does Saquon have? I don't think that's, you know, I think they'll know going in just to play that they're calling and just kind of get an idea about it. Well, you could, I think you ask Saquon, you ask the medical and the trainer, yeah. say, how's he doing? They're like, oh, he's good. And then you just keep keep rolling, right? Well, we do remember this. Go ahead. Saquon always going to say that he's I was good. just going to say well, that. that. Well, that's why I said you asked Saquon and the medical staff. It wasn't just Saquon. Uh, it was both. Yeah. Every guy's like that. Okay. Well, that, that makes me feel a little better. 
My main question was, um, and it's a fantasy football question. I don't hear many of them. I don't know if you're a Oh, where's Paul? I need Paul here for all the fantasy questions. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Well, if you, could pick, you if you could pick one Giants player to have on your fantasy team, who would it be? Just this week or for the for season? Guard, uh, no, for the season. And let's pretend Evan Ingram is fully healthy as well. Oh, and I'll take the answer off the air. Thanks, guys. So Saquon Barkley, and that's not even close. Yeah. yeah. Not even close. Mm-hmm. Yep, the question is who the second guy would be. My second guy would be Galladay. Yeah, me too. I agree. So those two guys there, and then... Um, and then Ingram would be probably third for me. Uh, uh, Barn, when we do these arguments, everything is a health condition, right? If everybody's healthy? Well, he yeah. said it, assuming Ingram is healthy. Yeah, so I mean, um, I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't pick uh, Sterling Shepard in this type of scenario, but I will tell you this: I have I have a feeling he's secretly going to have a really good season. Oh, I agree. Look, I, one of my bold predictions before the year was that he was going to lead the team in catches. So mm-hmm. yep. I'm with you on that. But you guys, if you've listened to the show, you know I'm very very bullish on Barkley this year. I just think he's going to have a really good year. I don't think. Look, he's been practicing for a month. Look, they would not have brought him off of Pup Jeff a month ago if his knee was not ready to go from a structural perspective. So his knee should be fine. So I don't – look, it, like I said, is he going to play 100% of the snaps? No. Is he going to play his normal 75% of the snaps? Maybe not. But the idea that they're going to say, all right, it's 10 touches and done, I don't think that's going to happen either. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Well, listen, they brought Booker in here for a reason, right? They knew that this was going to happen. And, it's not, had, and by the way, it's not like he's going to tear his ACL again because he has 12 carries instead of 10. No, you, only, and, you only tear your knee if your foot gets caught, you get tackled with a knee on the, you know, a knee on the helmet on the knee, your foot gets caught in the turf. That's how those things happen. It's not like it's a soft tissue injury here where fatigue is going to you know, yeah. play, play a factor. I, I will tell you this. If I'm Saquon, I am so sick and tired of, of all of this. I just, can it just go away? Can, <laughs> I just, can I just go play and, and, and do well and not have to talk about this anymore? Because you know what? At one point in time, you want to you want to forget this. You just want to go on. But the media and the, everybody brings it back up. And oh, how you feel? I mean, we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about this like in the sixth week is when when he's like you know he doesn't have a very good game. Oh, is he? Are, are you okay? You know, it's like okay, I'm I'm fine. Don't talk about me anymore. I mean, I think we saw that. I'm not sure how much you watch Hard Knocks this year, Jeff. None. But yeah, <laughs> by like by like the second week, Dak Prescott sent a press conference. Guys, the ankle's fine. I'm not answering questions about it anymore. Uh, yeah. Enough. Of course, then he hurt his shoulder like a day later. <laughs> oh, now but... <laughs> i got to answer that question, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yes, so, no, the players hate talking about this stuff. They really do. And, and the, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, the reporters, they just, you know, it's not like they're handing them questions. Like, they have to, they just want to, they want to ask this question over and over because they're just fishing for stuff, you know. But um, well, I, people want to know, too. I mean, it is what it is. If he's healthy, um, this offense will rock. It really will, as long as that offensive line holds up. Um, but, you know, that's the job of Jason Garrett to be able to understand his personnel. He knows where his weaknesses are, how to help help that weakness. Um, and with a running game, you can help a lot of things with play action and get the ball into some of these playmakers' hands. I keep saying this, and I know it's probably a broken record for those that listened when I'm on the show, is that remember at the, at the very beginning of the offseason, what Dave Gettleman told us all. He said, we need playmakers. We need playmakers. Well, one of the playmakers is going to return. That's number 26. You went out and got Kenny Galladay. He's a heck of a playmaker. Okay. Evan Ingram is a playmaker. Um, you got a lot of them. Kyle Rudolph can be a playmaker. So I want to see these playmakers. And Daniel Jones can be a playmaker. Let's go. Let's get this offense rolling. 201-939-4513, Jeff. Can't wait to see it. Of course, fans, don't forget that you can take in all the action of New York Giants football from your very own private suite. Giant suites are a great way to entertain the family and friends while rooting on your Giants right here at MetLife Stadium. Speak with the Giant Suite rep now by calling 888-NYG-1925. Also, just a heads up, in about 15 minutes or so, maybe a little less than that, I'm going to have to step away. Detino will step in for me for the final few minutes of the show. i got to go to record uh, Bob's interview with Head Coach Joe Judge, which you can hear on the radio broadcast on Sunday and also on the Giants Huddle podcast, which we'll be posting a little bit later on today. Joe in Pennsylvania is up next. Hey, Joe. Joe. Oh, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, getting very exciting. Uh, but, uh, yep, uh, just Barkley, I wouldn't worry. If he needs a breather, if he's going well, 
let him in there if he needs a breather, fine. Yep. You know, just how, how the game's going, yes. You take the bubble wrap off there. And as far as Daniel Jones going back for a pass and him rushing, if Bartley's in the flat, he can hit him. Anytime that, like last night, Dallas was throwing it up to their receivers one-on-one, I would feel confident thrown it to Rudolph with his body be able to block off any time high, and the same with Galladay. They can go out and do uh, square ins, one, two, three, and I think 90% of the time you throw it high, them guys should have the ball, and and there's uh, five yards. Mm -hmm. That's the way I feel about it. And the same thing with with Tony and uh, who's our other receiver there? uh, Shepard Slayton. Shepard. But but them guys, they got to go out. They put a move on. They, they have great moves. They're open. You, you can hit them. If not, throw it up the, the gall day or throw it up the Rudolph. You know what I mean? He can run the ball, Daniel, anything. I mean, he, let's get this off offensive going. And should, we, we should. We should be moving that ball, no problem. I said you could throw it to, to Barkley in the flat, and he can go – 20, 30 yards, you know, really and truly, as long as them guys are open. Well, and and Joe, by the way, not just dump-offs. I mean, the way you slow down edge rushers is by running good screen passes, too. So if you can run a couple good screens, that'll that'll also slow those guys down. Right. That was something we were never never, uh, real good at, and even throwing at the Rudolph screens and stuff like that. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Right. Who's going to be our fifth receiver? Will they have five receivers? Who will be the fifth receiver? That's a good question. Um, they've had so many, so much roster turnover here, Jeff. Ross I'm went on the injury. Yes, Ro- yeah, and CJ Board is now on PUP, not PUP, on the practice squad. So their fifth wide receiver right now is Colin Johnson. Their pickup at waivers, who you know oh, that, that big six-six uh, six receiver, big, yeah, six-six from Texas. Right, there's another guy with size. You know, just let him go go out and throw it high, and I wouldn't be afraid with his body structure and everything. These guys, you know, they got to fight for the ball. There he is, Daniel. If nothing else, you, you you throw it to these skyscrapers, you know, with their body in that, and I wouldn't be afraid. Them guys can fight the ball, you know. And uh, who's going to run back the kickoffs? We don't know. Uh, it could be Kadarius Tony. Uh, could be Jabril Peppers, I guess. Right? Uh, I mean, did Peppers ever run back the kickoffs for us? You, I thought, thought he was just punt. Usually, he just does punts. Yes, but I mean, yeah, I guess he's. Yeah. I guess I, th- I think he'd be in the mix. But I think Kadarius Tony's probably a more likely thing there. And again, you you rarely get kick returns now. Anyway, mm-hmm. usually they're just yeah. touchbacks. Yeah, these yeah. these guys here, you don't you don't want to leave when they're kicking off to these guys because they could take it to the house. No, so, that's uh, true. Uh, nope, that's that's the way I feel it. You know, no turnovers. Like I said, did, were you watching it last night? They were saying, well, Dallas feels good with their receivers. Just throw it up; they can beat anybody. Well, with the size of some of these guys, we have Galday and Rudolph. I feel the same way. So, uh, thank you, Joe. No, no, appreciate the call, man. Goodbye, Joe. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Tatino will be stepping in here in a few minutes. But in the meantime, let's try to squeeze in a few more calls and go to Allen down in Washington, D.C. He'll join us next. Allen, what's up? Hey, what's up, guys? How um, you doing? You know, glad to talk to you guys. And finally, you know, getting amped up uh, for 18 weeks, right? 18 weeks of football so yep. um you know this is this is pretty pretty amazing you know the the way that they've added another game and the impact that's going to have on the schedule it's, it's going to be great and uh being in dc you know a lot of people here are washington football team fans and they're walking around with their you know division title uh you know uh but that doesn't mean much in this in this division because you know that can change um, and, you know, I saw a little bit of that Dallas game, well, pretty much all of it, but um, it lets you know how, how from one year to another year you can you can improve because, uh, I, I mean, Dallas lost the game, but their defense wasn't why they lost the game. And last year it felt like their defense was the Achilles heel uh, for Dallas. But for the, for the Giants, I mean, the Achilles heel, other than like turnovers and stuff like that, um, is the red zone. And I feel like – we, we, we moved the ball pretty well, even last year, but we just cannot finish in the red zone. We, and it felt like Dallas had that kind of problem yesterday, too. 
but how do you guys think we're going to do in, in the red zone this year? Look, red zone's important, and, yeah. and, and I can let Jeff talk more about the season, but just for this game, and Jeff mentioned it earlier, these are the first and second best red zone defensive teams in the league last year, the Giants and Broncos. So that's going to be a key to this game. Uh, a stat I gave with, when I was on with Deal the other day, and I'm not big on the, on the pro football focus grades per se, but I'll use it in this instant because I thought it was telling. Of quarterbacks, I think, with more than 25 or 50 red zone attempts, I forget how I sorted it, Teddy Bridgewater had the lowest passing grade of any quarterback in the league last year in the red zone, which I thought was interesting. Mm. And my guess is that because it's so compressed, those shorter passes he likes to throw don't yield the amount of success they yield in you know bigger, more open spaces. So that was interesting. But, yes, look, moving the ball is great, and you saw it with Dallas last night, right? They moved the ball. They had 450 yards of offense, but they settled for field goals. You have to get the ball in the end zone, and frankly, for a game like this, you're going to have to run it in. For the Giants to have red zone success, yeah, you have Rudolph and Galladay, and, and J- Jeff, you, I know you talked about them. You could talk about them again if you want. Great contested catch, guys, no question. The best red zone teams are the teams that can pound the ball, run mm-hmm. it in, and score that way because mm-hmm. it's very difficult to pass in the red zone just because, again, it's such a compressed space and area. What, what you have at your disposal that you did not have before was height and aggressiveness out of guys. Okay, Kyle Rudolph, is, he does not drop footballs. He goes up for contested. He's tough. He's mean. Okay, Kenny Galladay is a guy who's tall and will contest. He will go and get the football. So these guys have been working on these types of passes all through training camp. They understand what they got to do. The next thing about it is, is the running game. Like John said, if Saquon is in the game and you are running the football, there's so much elements of surprise that can come into effect there. The play action. Okay, shifts do all kinds of mismatches and all kinds of different formations. If you have all these players at your disposal, it's easy to call a play when you don't like last year. It's not easy because teams just pin their ears back and they're going to come after you. So I think this this is be interesting to Sunday to see what Jason Garrett has drawn up um, along with those other offensive uh, coaches the the game plan for the red zone this year. It's got to be more creative, if you, in my opinion. But you got to run the football, no matter what. You have to run the football. That's first and foremost. And you know, and and catching and throwing and all that other stuff is secondary because if you can't run the football down in the red zone, you got no chance because it's a defensive advantage. Like John said, there isn't a lot of field to work with. You can play a little more man coverage down there. You can get guys. The only thing you give up by good zone co- or man to man coverage in the red zone situations is a propensity for penalties, which gets you automatic first downs. Right. So, um, but I think it's it's going to be tough sledding for both these teams to score points because they're really good. And by the way, don't just rely on a bunch of these like fade routes. It's a very low percentage play. Even Rucks. with guys like Rudolph and Galladay, I just don't like relying on that as kind of like a big part of what you do. It's not, and I think that you know if you're the quarterback and you get under center and you you get the matchup and you'll know the matchup because you watch sure. so much film. If you have some five eight guy on your six four guy, then yeah, fine, go and by do chance, it. right? Yeah. You're out there like, oh my gosh, okay, snap me the ball quickly, you know? And uh, it was like the 07 with Plaxico. They were waiting for that matchup the whole game, and it finally it came, and that was the winning touchdown. You know, they practiced that throw all week. Um, so that's the situations you get into. But I'm with you, John. You got to be more creative. Give me some rub routes. Give me, you know, those rub routes. Every every team runs them. You got to be able to run them good. Back to a point. What I wanted to make with um, with Joe, um, the caller before Joe from PA. Every team, okay, it's not easy to run screens. I mean, you look at the teams that do it well. The Green Bay Packers are one team. Chiefs, the Chiefs, and so not only if you're a good screen team. You can create other plays out of that screen, that screen scenario because the team knows you run those so well that all of a sudden now you can create other plays from what looks like a screen, okay? Then you, you kind of element of surprise and something else. So I hope the Giants can become a good screen team. I think offensively they can with the weapons that they have um, and get the ball into some of those tight ends' hands on some of those screens like Joe said. All right, thanks. And I have two questions that sure. I'll get off. Um, the the first ones regarding you know the special teams and, and especially since I got you Jeff on here, you know how do you, how do you think our our punt game is going to be? Because um, I don't know you know I don't know too much about that, but I know it's a very important part of uh, field position, uh, especially in a game like the Broncos because because you know if you can you can pin them back, uh, we, we can steal a game, and if we could steal this game, um, I like our chances against Washington. We've we've um, 
we've we've swept them, I believe, the last two years, if I'm not mistaken. And we play we stack up well against Washington, even though they have a great a great defense. We just stack well against them, just kind of like the same way uh, Philly uh, beats us. <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing, uh, but um, you know I, that's one of the thing. And then and then you know finally you know. If if we have a losing season this year, which you know it could happen, you never know. Um, and we all don't want that. Do you think it will be the end of Daniel Jones? And and thanks guys for everything. Uh, John, let me touch on the special teams. Shocking, um, that's the one you want to take. Yeah, then. how about it? Right. Um, I'm going to give you seven names, and these will be your core special teams players for the season. And by the way, they're all really good. To answer your question about punt coverage, I think that. Uh, Joe Judge, along with McGahee, they put together a special teams unit that's going to be, I think, is going to be outstanding. Eli Penny and Colin Gillespie are two core, core special teams guys, along with Gary Brightwell. He's a rookie, so he's going to have a little bit of a learning curve, but he played all the four special teams plays uh, units in college and did it real well. One of the reasons why they drafted him. Cam Brown has been a converted guy who now is playing gunner on the on the punt team. We saw him in preseason outstanding athletic ability out there and speed and physical height, everything. So he's going to do well. Carter Coughlin, as we know, was a core guy last year. And then, by the way, Keon Crossan and Nate Ebner. Nate Ebner was here. We know about what he can do. But Keon Crossan was a guy that's brought here to play special teams. He was a standout. Okay, so those are your seven core special teams guys. Watch them on Sunday. And those are going to be your guys making plays promise you and then the rest of them are kind of like you know they're the little it's like a puzzle you, you kind of pu- plug and play these guys here and there but the seven guys that i just mentioned those are your core guys the delta variant is spreading quickly in all areas of new york state people who are not fully vaccinated or at greater risk from covid19 protect yourself get vaccinated visit ny.gov slash get vaccinated or talk to your local health care provider jeff i'm going to go to scott in new mexico then i'm going to bail here i'll yep. slide into tino okay. while scott in new mexico makes his point scott, hello you're scotty up. Hi, guys. How you doing today? Good. Welcome. Uh, question for you. Last year, the Giants in third down efficiency and third down conversions were really bad. And coming up with this game, uh, going back to your point, John, in regards to running the football uh, a little bit more, do you think it's imperative that the Giants on first and second down don't get themselves into situations where it's third and seven or third and eight because based on the prior history, that they had last year, they didn't convert a lot. And I was just wondering if they would use sort of jumbo packages to increase the ability to be able to run. Well, I, I think that when, you know, jumbo packages, when you see that big guy coming in, you know that that's, that's going to be a running situation, right? So how right. about, you know, maybe create some plays with the jumbo package in there. But you know, the only problem is, is when you bring a guy in as a jumbo player, you're taking one of the, the you know, the, the guys out so you're taking a receiver out of the game or a running back or somebody so i think right. that I, I i know what you're going at and i think that i would love to see the first down production better i, I want to see more production on that because now as i move to second down and third right. down it gives me more it gives me a lot more opportunities to call different plays but Correct. if i have a running game and you know this if we got the running game with saquon barkley the Giants are able to do a lot of different things with him on first down. That's going to improve your chances on third down efficiency. Absolutely has to be one of the areas of concern, not concern, areas of emphasis to improve on offensively is that third down efficiency and third down conversions, 100%. Okay. And my uh, last question really has to do with the point that was brought up earlier. Uh, Pat Shermer have been familiar with the team, and they know what Pat Shermer runs. Why wouldn't Pat Trimmer change his whole mantra, so to speak, as to what he's going to do so he becomes more unpredictable since he knows the Giants staff? Wouldn't, it, wouldn't the opposite be true? He wouldn't do the same kind of routes that he ran before with the personnel that he has in Denver. So I was just curious. Well, uh, what I think it's difficult. I think it's difficult because if you, if you go through this, this uh, spider web of coaching trees and, you know, somewhere, some way, somebody's got – they've coached with you they coached against you i mean it's just you've got to be able to stick to your guns and do what you're going to do and execute and and you know and and match up correctly and have confidence that your players can execute the play rather than trying to go through this mystery of you know changing things now there'll be some things that the giants haven't seen that the broncos are doing and vice versa but for the most part you have your your base package of stuff that you run and you it's mono mono listen i'm hat on a hat 
match up here, execute the play, and get it done. That's what you got to do. I think it's very difficult to go in week on week, different weeks and trying to change things all the time. I just don't think you get the consistency that way. Let the other team, Scott, let the other team scheme against you to try to stop what you're doing rather than you scheme against yourself trying to stop what they're going to do. That just, to me, doesn't make sense. Very logical, Mr. Fiegels. Hello, Datino. <laughs> John Schmelke. Hey, wait a out. second. Did you did you just do the Chris Collinsworth slide in? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what happened here? Bob Pop is here to talk to Coach Joe Judge for the pregame show for Sunday, and then Mr. Schmelk has to go engineer that. Right, right, right. And yep. so I am pinch hitting here for the final fifteen minutes. Now in the lineup, what's your number, Datino? What is your number? What's your favorite number? Number two. Number Derek Jeter, <laughs> number two. Number two. All right. <laughs> Paul Dettino, number two. Anyway, Pearson, what I do not have is the uh, the Google Gmail that uh, John usually has up. So I'm just going to ask you to go to the next line and tell this person that they're next on BBKL. Hello. Hey, Paul. Hey, Hello, Jeff. Charlie. Charlie. Hey. Just in time, Paul. You made it. <laughs> exactly. Charlie, can I, can I tell you something real quickly? I was watching, I was listening to um, Sirius Radio the other day, NFL uh, Sirius Radio, and there was a caller on from Maine. Now, it was not you, okay? But it was like it was you because y'all talk the same up there. Everybody has the same, like, I don't know if it's an accent or the way y'all talk or what is is going on up there. Like, I could have swore it was you. But it wasn't. He was very much more intelligent than you are. So. Oh, my. <laughs> Just Eagles kidding. is channeling Don't, some of Lance Meadow on the uh, show today. But my point is, is that you guys all do talk alike up there, you know? You got that little whatever it is. <laughs> Jeff, you have to come up, and then we can, I like going you know, up there. It's too far of a drive. Talk like... <laughs> well, that's way up Fly there. Up. Quick. Oh, yeah, sure. That's great. Yeah. Let me just... Uh, <laughs> I'll call Eli, see if we can get on a private plane up there and come see you one day. How about that? Yeah, so. exactly. Okay. Exactly. What do you got for it, Charlie? Something right, really, really good, is, I'm sure. All right. Last night, you saw two great offensive lines playing. And they it was a dogfight in there. And, they, you know, the pressures, and they gave up one sack between the two, 108 passes. And what I'm trying to say is every Giant fan, you know, burn that in your brain of what, what this, these two offensive lines did. And then on Sunday, watch ours. It's going to be like watching Pop Warner football offensive line. Charlie, Charlie you're let me, let me ask you a question. Mistake, Hold on one second. Let yeah, me go first. Go ahead. Here. Get him, Jeff. Hold get on him. a second. Get him. Sick him. If, if you're a Giants fan and you think yeah. that you're going to go through 17 weeks of throwing the stupid football 102 times – what a great offensive line those guys were last night. How many times did they run the football? How what did your marquee running back run for last night? And by the way, did you see the wager that one guy, some guy put seventy five thousand dollars that uh, that <laughs> what's his name was going to score a touchdown and he didn't? I mean, but come on, Charlie, you Good. can't throw you the know, football that many times. That's right, Charlie. No, I'm saying, if you want I'm the Giants saying. to throw the ball fifty times a game, then you're less intelligent than Lance Meadow no, thinks I you are. Don't. Seriously, no. No, I don't. But what I'm trying to say is that's how good these offensive lines are. It doesn't were. matter. Not... It does yes, not it does No, matter. it does not matter because the Giants' offensive line is not going to have to protect 50 times a game. That's not yeah, the deal. And, and these two teams want to. Can two... they protect 20 times? I can certainly they? hope that's so. I certainly out. believe so. Find out but they're Sunday. not. Hey. This offense is not built to throw the ball 50 times a game, period. I so, know. therefore, you're not asking them to do something that's outrageous. Come on, I know. All I'm, trying to say, all I'm trying to say is those two are the, probably the top five offensive lines in the NFL. Those two lines were incredible. But the other thing I want to say, Jeff. And Dallas was punt? without Zach Martin, too. I know. Did you see that punter? He, that that punt that he the first punt of the like, nat- the first punt the of the 2020 season the first punt of the yeah. year for the <laughs> National Football League coffin corner at the three yard line I was jumping around last night I'm like finally <laughs> somebody went for the stupid sideline God it was a beautiful thing I wanted to pause it, it in time 
Yeah. And it was like about a 50, 60 yard punt, too. Awesome. It wasn't just it like was a 30 awesome. yard one. It was really good. Finkels, yeah. I saw you shooting fireworks off from your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. It's a, you know what? It's an art. And it's an art form, yeah. right? It's so beautiful yeah. to watch something like that happen rather than the guy fair catching on the 10 yard line. Yeah, you, whatever. That's like. Oh, my goodness. It's like going to the hot dog stand on fourth down. I mean, seriously, it's, it, it's boring, <laughs> right? That's why people yep. do it. it. That's why you, Charlie, one great. of the guys that go get a hot dog on fourth time. down. And that guy also, he kicks off, and he always kicks him in the end zone. Everybody you know, kicks him in also, the end zone. Well, not everybody. Well, soon. <laughs> but anyway. But I think, anyway, that, I think the kickoff is, is going away, folks, eventually. Yeah is that you saw two great offensive lines. Now watch ours and see if we're even close. All right. Well, we're, we're, we're going to see. Okay, guys. See. Take care. Good Have day, a great Charlie. weekend. Goodbye, Charlie. Have a good weekend. So let's see, Jeff. Each team threw the ball 50 times last night. Uh, there were a total of three interceptions in the game. And as I've been telling people now for the whole week or so that we've been on leading into this Denver game, the Giants need to run the ball 35 times on Sunday, and if they throw it 30 to 35 times, that would even be a little bit much. I'd love them to slow this thing down. I'd love to see them run it 40 times and only throw it 25 times. This needs to be a top-heavy running football game on Sunday for the Giants. If they're throwing it 50 times, something is very wrong. They're not throwing the ball 50 times against this secondary. There's no way. Okay, It's insane if they do. Um, they're not going to. Um, and we talked about this before you came on. It's it, to me, I feel like if this, this Denver defense, and I said this, you know, just a little bit earlier, there, there really is no real weakness of this defense. Sure there is than, Jeff interior you know, against the run. Will you please let me finish? Go ahead. For God's sakes. You just took it out of my mouth. Go ahead. I can't now. You just told, you just said exactly what I was going to say. If okay. there's one, if there's one weakness to this, and I, it's not a huge weakness, but there is a weakness to this defense. It's the interior areas where you can attack and run it, and the middle linebacking position. That's what I was getting at, Mister Dathino. Well, was, you got to run the football. But see, Jeff, not only is that the weakest part of the Denver defense, it's also the safest thing to do if you're the Giants. Hundred percent. And then that led us to you know how much work that Saquon's going to get and all that other stuff. But the bottom line is, it doesn't matter if it's Saquon or it's Booker, whoever it is. You got to line up and you got to put a hat on a hat, and that offensive line has got to win the line of scrimmage and open up some holes so that guys can get some manageable third downs and ball control, and then when you get down into the red zone, put up some points, which is also going to be tough sledding because the Denver Broncos are really good in the red zone just like the Giants are. All right. Defensively. Let's go, let's go back to the phones. I guess right. Michael is in Virginia. You're Hello, next Michael. The show. Hello. Hey, how y'all doing today? We're to fired up. You. Can you tell? <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I, got a couple, I got a couple statements I wanted to uh, go over. Um, one thing was the Daniel Jones situation. I, it, it really it, it gets to me when people say that this is a make-or-break year for him. And the only reason, I mean, everybody dealt with COVID last year. I get it. But his first year, he comes out, he does decent. Now his second year, the coach gets fired. Now you're in a new system, so he has to learn a new system. So on top of that, his number one um, option is hurt. We don't have any main real receivers that were getting open. They, we had a lot of drops. The offensive line was terrible. So now this year, they make a couple adjustments. They um, Flaherty's back. I love that. But the mm -hmm. offensive line is still has to gel. Mm -hmm. We did make the, the change and, and, and got some receivers. We got some more weapons. So I think, realistically, you give the man this year and next year. Because now this is another year within the system and next year for his receivers. Because I, I don't get the whole, like, the digression last year. The man was literally throwing the people who was dropping passes. Now, I know what everybody's going to say, his fumbles. You cannot disagree with the fumbles. He has to play better. We do know Daniel Jones has to play better. But he didn't get Danny Dimes' nickname for throwing garbage. <laughs> so I just don't understand. You, you you follow me? I just don't understand. Yeah, no, I think we're we're following you fine. Break. I think what 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 I think make or break is something that's coming from outside the organization. I think it's uh, you make a great right. point, but let's let what everybody wants to see is exactly what you're what you're saying. Okay, you didn't have much last year. We went out and got you all this. So now, what can you do with this? 
All right. So if he if all of a right. sudden he has all these weapons and all the offensive line is playing good and you got everything working around you, but he's continuing to drop the football, continuing to throw interceptions in the red zone and doing the things that hurt this football team, then there's your answer. But if the guy does yes. plays pretty well and he does things that you're supposed to, then they have to just make a decision with that option to pick up the option. That's all that they're doing here. So uh, it's a okay. good point. I, I agree with you a lot. And not only just Daniel Jones, the whole league last year was perplexed at what was going on, right? So especially this team, there was a lot of, lot of mistakes being made. And um, it's only fair that we can give Daniel Jones a shot this year with a full, like a just he has all hands on deck now, right? There's no excuses. That's what you're saying. Now my question is, I mean, what about the – you can't do anything without an O-line. We all know that. So even with all of these weapons, if the O-line is, you know, pretty bad, then, then what is it? You, you follow, then what's going to be the issue? Is it still Jones's fault? Well, I, I, I think we've talked – well, listen, that's – we're not going to – I don't know. I think you've got to start with the, what the reason is why he's turning the football over. Why is he throwing interceptions? Why is he dropping right. the ball? That, then, then it kind of relates back to it's the offensive line, then it's the offensive line. But I honestly believe, and Paul, okay. I think you'll agree with me here, this offensive line doesn't have to be the top ten in the league. This offensive line right. could be but middle hey, of the hey, road. We were last. We were Now, again, going off of PFF, and I, I hate to go off Don't that, do that, please. Not with Paul on the program. Do just do don't, just make up something else. Don't say that. Here, here's here's I, the I key hate, word. I, I All right, it. The key word it. here is functional. If the offensive line is right, functional, right. like Parcells used to tell us all the time, especially with the offensive line, I'm going to quote him again, you're only as good as your weakest link. And as long as the weakest right. link on your offensive line does not prevent you from scrapping portions of your playbook, you are going to be able to run whatever it is you need to run. That's what makes you functional. That is all I'm asking for. If the offensive line is functional, the Giants will have enough to do what they need to do to win a game. Okay, I'm with you. Hey, let's let's uh, start off good. We're, we're home tomorrow. Let's get this W. Either way, you know, if it's a tight game or a blowout, let's just get the W. Be competitive. Go That's it. Blue. Thank you. There you go. Thanks so much. You know, people keep forgetting that unlike the NCAA's where there's voting on how pretty is your win and how big you blow guys out. Jeff, you just got to win the game. It really doesn't matter in the NFL if you win ugly or not. They give you playoff spots for wins, not for the style that you do it with. <laughs> you want a, you want a golf analogy? <laughs> right, go right ahead. It so, won't make any sense to so me. So I, I hit a ball into the other fairway. Okay, I I get the ball back in play, just short of the green. I hit my I skull one into the sand trap, and then I make it out of the sand trap for a par. Right. It doesn't okay. matter how I made par, right? There's no, there's, it's, 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 there's no explanations on the scorecard. It shows down as a four. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter how you get there. You just make sure you win the game, All right? I mean, if you got, you got to, you got to. It doesn't matter, like you said, Paul. You're right. It's just you got to win some football games, okay? And and how you do it, just. Do it somehow where you get better than the next guy. But, you know, you just want to be improving on a weekly basis. You know, Jeff, you'll remember this name, even though you didn't play on his team. Brad Benson was a Giants left tackle on the 86 yeah, Super Bowl team. Yeah, he used to have a car team. dealership around Yes, remember he did. his commercials. Down South Jersey, that's correct. And Benson was a street-free agent. In fact, he came up originally with the Patriots. He'd gotten cut, was a street-free agent. The Giants picked him up. He had a long career with the Giants. Uh, and played a number of positions on the offensive line, but eventually settled in at left tackle for Bill Parcells mm -hmm. and was the starting left tackle in 1986 for that Super Bowl team. Brad Benson was not the strongest guy, was not the most technically sound guy, was not the most athletic guy. He was basically the Richie Soybert, if you will, mm -hmm. of left tackles. He was a scrapper. He was a junkyard dog. He was a fighter. He was a mauler. And nothing he did, and I don't want to cheat him, but basically he didn't do stuff by the book. He just went out there and got the job done. He was the first offensive lineman in, in NFL history to win Offensive Player of the Week in 1986 when he shut out Dexter Manley, who at the time was a Washington defensive end and a ferocious game-wrecking pass rusher. <laughs> but all Brad Benson did 
was basically wrestle that guy for four quarters and prevent him from making any plays. It wasn't about style points. It was about being functional. That's the key word for your offensive line, folks. You don't have to be great. You don't have to be dominant. You don't have to be excellent. You have to be functional in order to win football games. <laughs> Thank you. What Drop the can- mic. Drop the mic, Jeff. Drop it. Ding. For for John Schmelk, I thank you for being on the program today. You're welcome. We will talk to you again on Sunday. No, I'll be there. I know know you will. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there, and I can't wait. And so, by the way, everybody else will be too. Finally, get the the fans back in the stands. Everybody be safe for the weekend. We'll talk to everybody on Sunday. Thank it's going to be great, and we will be uh, at the Pepsi Gate. Uh, don't forget, you can catch us with the Giants pregame show. I believe we're starting at Pepsi Gate or, or MetLife Gate. The MetLife Gate, right yeah. next to the Pepsi Gate. We'll be Fine. out there live. You, me, Lance Meadow, and uh, I believe we're starting at two thirty, but I'm not quite sure. But kickoff is four twenty-five. Giants and Broncos at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. For John Schmelk and Jeff Eagles, remember you can always catch Big Blue Kickoff Live in the archive on the Giants Podcast Network, on the Giants mobile app, Giants.com, and podcast platforms everywhere. Everywhere. I'm Paul Dottino. We'll see you next time.